Hello, I'm John Cameron and welcome to Musicology. This is uh, the B-side, rebranded from Quarterly Reviews. I got, <laughs> I got to the end of last year and realised I'd only done three Quarterly Review episodes, which doesn't quite work out if you know anything about fractions, which I clearly don't. So I decided to, to rename these um, kind of behind-the-scenes uh, expeditions as, uh, as the B-side, which I think works a lot better. So I actually did record a B-side episode before I did the Madonna one this year. So you can imagine it was, it was all about the Michael Jackson episode, which, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was fine, but I finished recording and thought I should probably have a bit more content to, to show you guys. I remember last year I did a quarterly review episode and I didn't really have anything all that much to say or any outtakes to, to play you. So uh, another reason why the B-side as a title just works a bit better because I can, I'm, I'm not obligated to do it for the sake of doing it. But uh, thank you very much to everyone who supported the Michael Jackson episode. I looked at it the other day and it looks like it's my most listened to out of, out of the musicology stuff. So that's, that's really nice. It's, uh, well, actually, it's probably on par with the first Michael Jackson episode. I'll have to compare the listens on Mixcloud as well, I guess, to, to really get an accurate answer on that. But anyway, it, it's, it's certainly up there. It's had many, many thousands of listens, and that's greatly appreciated. Thank you to all of those who share it. Thank you to the MJ cast, of course, who reviewed it, gave it very complimentary press. <laughs> it was it was quite an easy write. I knew that after I'd finished the first episode that when it came time to look at the history album, I was just going to pick up exactly where I left off, which is why the beginning, talking about Stranger in Moscow, there's a lot of kind of repetition from the last couple of minutes of the first episode and that was always planned I, I I always wanted that that crossover so you can kind of listen to them if you just play them together you're it, it's almost a, a, just an exact continuation which is how I always wanted it to to work and the way it was written was the same which is kind of that you know this is what Michael did with this producer and this is what he did with that one and I think that works well for, for those albums. Going forward, other Michael Jackson episodes, they're going, to, they're going to be done a bit differently, and that's all I'll say on that for now. You'll find out soon enough anyway. So uh, the centrepiece of that whole episode for me is the They Don't Care About Us breakdown in that if I recall correctly, it goes for about 10 minutes and it just runs through all of the different instruments that were played. It goes through the controversy. It focuses on the lyrics. It's like a, it, everything you probably want to know about that song, if you don't know it already, is in that 10 minutes. And that part was actually going to have a visual component to it as well in that that 10 minutes plus a little bit more that was recorded focusing on the videos was going to be a video in itself. Uh, and if you follow me on social media, you would have seen prior to the episode, like 
these moving images of, of Michael on set for, for the They Don't Care About Us video in Brazil. And if you have seen on YouTube, I've posted an audio clip of that, but at the beginning there's the They Don't Care About Us font, which has been animated to look like it's being written. So those were all going to be part of it. Uh, ju- that, those were just minor pieces. But when I started working with the footage, specifically the footage of, uh, well, well, the videos. So I <laughs> I got copies of them from the Visionary box set. Uh, was it Visionary or, or Visionary or Vision, whatever it's called? Got the files from the original history DVDs. I had rips from uh, the ABC here in Australia. And when I started editing them, they were just shit quality. There's no other way to really to really say it. And that depressed me because I didn't want what I was doing to be shit quality and there was no way to to really make them better. So I just abandoned that idea, regrettably. Well, it's regrettable in the fact that his videos just aren't available in, in good quality as they should be. Anyway, that that stopped that, which I think, look, I think it would have been a nice little video addition to, to the podcast and certainly would have been some nice promotion, but that stuff also just takes more and more time and uh, I, d- I certainly didn't want to delay it any further. Another significant piece in there for me was uh, the Much Too Soon segment, which is essentially a, a, a swipe at, at the, the Michael Jackson estate. I don't dislike the John McClane version that ended up appearing on Michael. I, I like all of John McClane's mixes, to be honest. They're, they seem to be the most accurate representation of what Michael's vision was. But it just didn't need to be done. There was a, a version of it completed during the history sessions. And I think a lot of people have misconstrued what was in the episode. So what I wanted to do was, was again, show the progression. So it starts out with just Michael Jackson and the guitarist uh, Jeff Miranov, if I recall correctly. And then later on, I think it was Brad Buxer and Jeff Grace would do, you know, the choir and orchestral arrangements. And so that would be added later on as well. And that's why that stuff got faded up into the mix. And I think a lot of people believe that that is the mix that was completed during the history sessions, which it wasn't. I, I do have a bit of that mix, and I'm, I'm happy to play it. Just to, I'm, not, I'm not playing it to you know tease anyone or, or for the sake of releasing a snippet or anything. I the the main focus of this podcast has always been to uh, to, to to educate. And when I first heard this, I was very surprised because I always assumed that it would be pretty much a mix of the multi-tracks which have leaked online but it's not it's 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 very different i mean the instrumentation is all the same but the way bruce has done it is is very well i'll I'll let you listen to it and uh and you can judge for yourself i'm only going to play a very short short part Kiss 
so yeah, that is uh, the completed version of Much Too Soon. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's assumed that that's the completed version. I, I, I can't say for sure, but it's a completed version, I guess. So yeah, and and then of course that segment it fades into the Michael version. With I, I mean, if there is one criticism, I'll I'll give that version. It's the accordion that that really doesn't doesn't need to be there. I remember when the album was first released, uh, an online friend remarked that they thought it w- it sounded like Weird Al Yankovic on the on the accordion, <laughs> which which I thought was quite funny at the time. So after that, the most significant change to the episode, so I'd recorded it and was going back to edit it and then realised I'd misspoken a few times. But then I also thought that I'd initially written a segment on the song Too Bad and the way I had it in my mind was that Too Bad was like an accumulation of efforts a lot like Jam was on Dangerous. You know, it has. Uh, it was produced by Bruce Whitty and Renee Moore. Uh, Jimmy Jam's playing on it, and you know everyone else is on it as well. Um, so the idea for me was that it would just kind of be presented in this build-up mix. So you would hear the uh, the sin clever and and bass that Jimmy Jam played added on top of a basic version of that mix. I hope that's making sense. It, it would just be... Uh, look, it would be a, one of my usual deconstructions of a, of a song. But I didn't think it was really necessary, so before I went in to re-record a few things, I wrote the segment on Ghosts, which I think works a lot better because it's a proper display of how Michael writes his music. In, in the first episode of Musicology, it was some of the first words are when I was reading on a music forum, I, I once read that Michael Jackson was only as good as the producers he worked with. And while I do to an extent agree with that, everything I've produced on Michael Jackson since then has been trying to highlight his contributions, highlight the way he writes, the way he composes. And I, I, I hope that that comes across in both episodes, but I was certainly trying to emphasise that in, in the ghost segment. Then there came the, uh, the creme de la creme of, of the whole thing, in my opinion, and this was something else that I'd conceived very early on, which was ending with Smile, um, specifically ending with the a cappella of Smile mixed in with, with... Well, I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, so when I was editing it together... I wasn't just going to play the acapella throughout because that that would have been overkill. I knew I wanted to play the segment where it has those alternate lyrics and then bring the music up, but I wasn't really sure how to do that. So really what I did was um, I reversed the instrumental version, applied reverberation to just where it cuts in so it sounds like the strings are kind of firing up. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've just been uh, recording another episode and I think I I think I've uh, my voice is giving out a bit. Yeah, so it sounds like the strings are swelling up and later on of course it sounds like they're fading out and then it goes back into the a cappella version. Uh, I will not deny my intention was to make a lot of fans cry <laughs> and and according to the messages that I've received, I I achieved that goal, so 
uh, I'm, I'm very, very pleased that it had such an emotional effect on a lot of people. So again, thank you to everyone who supported the Michael episode. So that was the final of season one, and coming into season two was the Madonna episode, which was a long time in the making. After I'd done Janet Jam and Lewis, they, I, I received um, a message on Twitter asking if I would ever do one for Madonna, and I said yes. Now, at that time, my idea was to cover the Like a Prayer and Erotica sessions, which was silly because they don't really... The albums are too different from each other. So eventually I started conceiving it a bit more, the the idea for the episode, and then it was going to be erotica and bedtime stories because I love the album Bedtime Stories or probably more than I do erotica. Well, I love this. I love a lot of the songs on erotica more than any on Bedtime Stories, but Bedtime Stories is a better album in my opinion. But it, it, is the, it is comparing apples and oranges. But the reason those two were going to be discussed together was because you have a song like Human Nature on Bedtime Stories, which is a, a response to what, you know, the negative press that Madonna got on erotica. So I thought that would work well together. But again, they're just very different sessions. So then it was going to be just on erotica. And then I thought, well... She did Vogue with Shep Pettibone and Justify My Love with, um, oh God, now I'm forgetting his name, um, with Andre Betts. So I thought it was essential to include that as well. So there was a bit of discussion, uh, as, you, as you would have heard about the Immaculate Collection and that going into erotica, which I think was certainly necessary because the Immaculate Collection is... A, is very much a precursor to the sound of that album. So I'm, I'm glad I did include that. So it went through a few original concepts. I didn't intend it to take as long to come out as it did, but I'm, I'm very pleased with the results. And there was one segment that I did edit out, not for any reason really other than it... I, sometimes you just need to take something out to make the episode dare I say it, tighter. I always try to keep my episodes to around 40 or 50 minutes, and that's just because, you know, not everyone is a a fan of Michael Jackson or Madonna. So the idea with this podcast is to have enough, is to perhaps, you know, have someone who listens to Joni Mitchell subscribe and then keep on listening and then become a fan of Madonna. You know, it's, it's... I, I want to appeal to the hardcore fans as much as I do people who just don't have any idea about who, whomever I'm focusing on their catalogue. One of the criticisms I received for the Michael Jackson episode was that I didn't really talk that much about the allegations, and I did discuss them a little bit, but I don't want someone who thinks that Michael Jackson is a pedophile to be thinking about that and ultimately turn off the episode. I, I, I want to focus on the music. But anyway, going back to the Madonna one, there is one outtake of the song Bye Bye Baby, a song that I really love. And there's nothing particularly wrong with the segment. It's just that I wanted to make the episode more... Um, 
Well, I wanted to, to make it a bit shorter, and I didn't feel that the Bye Bye Baby segment actually contributed all that much. Um, and actually, I do remember one of the reasons for cutting it out also was the quality of the Bye Bye Baby demos. I think it's the first day rough. I felt that the distortion on that was just a bit too jarring, which was just another reason to, to edit it out. But I'll let you judge. Here's, here's, the, here's the outtake. Along with the album's title track, another in the first group of songs that were worked on at Shep Pettibone's New York House studio was Bye Bye Baby, third on the album and the fifth and final single. The song's evolution wasn't overly significant throughout production, although its beginnings were of course less refined than what was released. The first day demo gives us an insight, beginning with its prominent rhythmic structure and not much else. Comparing the two side by side, we're able to hear the additions of an organ and some jarring samples. feature that was consistent from its inception is the lead vocal. The performance that appears on the album is what was laid to tape for the demo. This includes the high pass filter applied to her voice to give it a radio quality like effect, which is also how it was committed to tape. Repetition of the chorus occurs on the original, making the song slightly unburied. At a later point in production, a bridge was added. There was also the incorporations of spoken sections and harmony vocals on the chorus and bridge, elevating it to a more conventional song structure. I change things around, I, I, I add characters, I endow the stories with other aspects. The ending would also be altered after the production demos to maintain the song's momentum without too much reiteration. So yeah, that was that was that. Um, that's another episode that's gotten a lot of listens, and I'm very thankful for it. Uh, I, I really like that episode. It was it was executed in in the best possible way, I think, for me at least. So George Michael, the last episode I did on him, which focused on the Listen Without Prejudice and older era, uh, it was the second episode of Musicology and one of the first that were written. I don't like that episode 
I think I've mentioned that before. I think I could have done a much better job in executing it. One of the big problems is that I'm focusing on Listen Without Prejudice and Older and a bunch of tracks in between, and it's it's just too much. And the episode goes for, I think, an hour and 10 or 15 minutes, which is, again, another thing that I didn't want to do, but I kind of had no choice, otherwise I, was, I would have been editing a lot out. But anyway, I wanted to do this episode justice because I, I really love George Michael, I love his music, it means so much to me. And while I was making this episode, I was listening to the Faith album a lot, um, and not just for the purpose of this episode, I was just listening to it because I enjoyed it. And researching old newspaper interviews and coming into possession of a, of a lot of other audio interviews that I don't think are online was... It just, I, I fell in love with the album all over again. I remember listening to the album for the first time years and years ago when I was going through a tough time in life and having songs like Father Figure and Kissing a Fool st- stand out to me first and foremost and eventually just falling in love with the rest of it because it is just a, a 10 out of 10 album like Listen Without Prejudice, like Older, not so much patience, but maybe I'll I'll talk about that in in another episode. Faith is is perfect as far as I'm concerned. I I actually became I'm trying to think. I think I became interested in that album after listening to I Want Your Sex. I think that was my gateway to George Michael. Um, and interestingly, if there is one small regret I have from this episode, it was not talking about some of the alternate lyrics that were explored with I Want Your Sex. Perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll play a bit of them now. So this is just some alternate lyrics that George Michael had had recorded. And yeah, I, I, I really would like to have included these, but it just didn't occur to me at the time. So... You know, maybe you'll enjoy this short piece for what it's worth. It's playing on my mind. It's dancing on my soul. It's taking so much time. Now won't you let me make this up? You say I shouldn't care. But how would you know? When you tell me you're gonna regret it. Then I tell you that I love you, but you still say no. I swear I won't tease you. Won't tell you. In an earlier version of the script as well, I was going to talk about... Uh, so I, I knew that I needed to give context to the Faith album, and I, I go through all of the songs on Faith in the episode and, of course, Crazy Man Dance as, a, as an additional one. But I knew I needed to have some context to his creative efforts up until that point, so I thought I would take the singles that were credited to him as a solo artist even though they were part of Wham! albums, so um, that's Careless Whisper and A Different Corner, and, of course, the Aretha Franklin collaboration. But I was also going to talk about a song called People, which was, I think, first recorded during the uh, Faith tour. I can't remember where he performed it, but it was eventually released as a bootleg single, and I think it was credited to, what was it, something like... Uh, Yog and the Sex Band or something along those lines and he would later re-record that song just as an instrumental I think during the very early older sessions so he he liked the song in some capacity but uh, for, I think I got to a point where the script was long enough and I, I just took that that bit out 
I was also going to talk about You Slipped Away From Me, which does feature as an instrumental towards the end. But again, it, it, it just, uh, I, I don't think it quite belonged in there. So yeah, that is a, that is a surmise of uh, the last three episodes. I hope this, this has been uh, enjoyable for you. I hope, I hope they all have been. Thank you to everyone who shares the episodes on social media. That's really how I get most of my listens. Um, those who share them on forms are equally as appreciated. Um, if you do enjoy the show and you haven't yet left a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic. One of my gripes with iTunes is that I, I've received a lot of reviews, but there are some countries like Canada where I, I don't think there are any on there because they only show them by region. So yeah, if, if you like it, leave a, leave a review. That's all I ask. And rate it five stars, hopefully. Um, other than that, thank you very much. And I've got a couple of really good episodes planned that regular listeners will enjoy and some new ones will as well. So... Thank you very much.